Welcome to the Light Switch Podcast by Illuminate Student Ministry, a place for the skeptic, the Bible believer, as well as everyone in between. As you know, our world is often in the dark. Our hope is to flip the switch on topics surrounding biblical engagement, apologetic arguments, spiritual formation, and emotional wellness. We want Jesus Christ to illuminate every aspect of your life so that you can shine the light of Christ in every situation. Hey everybody, welcome to the Light Switch Podcast. This is Aaron. And this is Matthew. Man, this is our last episode of Light Switch Season 1. It is. We're in our feels today. We are. I was actually, (laughs) we were just talking about this a little bit. I think one of my favorite episodes uh, was The Intolerance of God. Hmm. I was editing it in the office and there was this moment where I was like, Aaron, I need you to tell me if I need to put this in or not. And we ended up putting it in. I I didn't like it because it felt like I was undermining the severity of the situation mm. um in the podcast it was Re- you're referring about the, to the canaanite uh yeah, people yeah. yeah and how the drums yeah. would beat louder to stop the screams of the children being heard yeah. in the village yeah uh and i just remember reading or i remember reading about that and being like so furious and then i also remember putting that edit in and I have this little drum set behind it. It might be a terrible thing, but it just makes the situation so real. That episode actually is one of my favorite just because it is mm-hmm. so visceral for me mm-hmm. um, because I have three little – I'll have three little children. I have yeah. two right now, and one is in the oven. So like um, – Not the literal oven. Not the literal oven. Because you just context. <laughs> oh, talking fucking <laughs> Not that. Okay. <laughs> Brutal. Oh, we're start over. It's a good transition start into over. that. <laughs> so you know what? This is actually a great way to kind yeah. of introduce this and yeah. also end with a celebratory note. Please join us in our celebration and leave a comment. Yeah. What was your favorite episode, episode. or favorite part of an episode? Yeah. We'd love to know yeah. that. Oh, the other thing, all of the Lectios. All of the Lectio Divinas. My particular favorite thing was, and this is a uh, um, throwing myself under the bus, was Aaron went to go uh, put the last Lectio Divina in, and as she went to go upload it, she realized that I was spelling Divina oh wrong gosh. on all of the episodes. And I, we make all the outlines, <laughs> yeah. and it's right on the outlines. <laughs> so. Words and languages are not my my forte. Oh my word! <laughs> so, you know what? That's Aaron's they, favorite they part. They say that it takes what a hundred podcasts yes. to really know what you're doing, and yeah. I just think that's a lie because I think we'll always mess something up. Oh my goodness, you're absolutely. But right. that's just life. It's messy. Podcasting yep. is messy, but yep. we've had a lot of fun, a lot yeah. of frustrating moments. Oh my goodness! I mean, we were recording this episode last week. Yeah, and realized that it only recorded like four minutes of it <laughs> after 45 minutes of here of us here, sitting here talking goodness gracious oh, we probably recorded for an hour it's the worst so you know what guys we have really enjoyed uh doing this as a yes. resource for you but it also is worship for yeah. us yeah and we hope that you continue to share this resources with people who yeah. maybe are christians or are doubting their faith, are yeah. seeking out what Christianity is all about, and yeah. hopefully we can join you in being a light to everybody. Yeah. Our mission is, is that we can flip the switch on topics mm-hmm. surrounding emotional health, mm-hmm. uh, um, biblical engagement, apologetic arguments, uh, and spiritual engagement, or uh, scriptural engagement. Yeah. I said those wrong, but um, <laughs> that that is our hope, right? In, 100 podcasts. Yes, It guys, takes 100 podcasts. It takes 100 podcasts. <laughs> I guess I should know our our, our slogan, though. You do. You do. Now, Matthew, I know you just, like, your whole thing is to be in a dark room and just study all the time. (laughs) Gross. So you are uh, very aware of YouTubers and bloggers, right? I actually am. Okay. Are you? <laughs> All right, Aaron. Okay. All right, Mr. Rogers and, is at the top of and, my list. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Can everybody just say that his puppets were creepy? Dude, don't come at me like that. All right, 
That man formed my childhood. All right? yeah. Not a vlogger. Not a vlogger. <laughs> okay. But an incredible man. Yeah, so the reason why uh, we are talking about this and we left it as our last episode is because the title of it is just fun. Is Scripture an Ancient Vlog? Yeah. I woke up one night in like a hot sweat. This is going to be amazing. This is going to be a fun title. <laughs> because uh, we know we know the Bible as a concept, but I think we talked about this a little bit in our introduction. Do we know the Bible as an experience? Yeah. As real people uh, that God moved in their midst. Real yeah. people with skin and bones and right. stories and yeah. families. Uh, do we experience the Bible through their lens right. or do we just approach it within our lens? Right. So this episode is not just about, I think it would be funny if we maybe did this, but what Bible character would have the best YouTube channel or would get the most views? And it, I think it's funny to think about that. <laughs> Yo, for real though, we, we had this uh, moment, me and Daniel were talking yesterday and we were talking about like moments in scripture that you would love to have seen the conversation around. Yeah. And you're like, can we just talk about for a second about the the time when, uh, for those of you who don't know, one of the primary ways of uh, covenant uh, in action for Moses or for Abraham was that his him and his entire family would be circumcised. Mm. Can we just talk about what that first conversation was like? Mm-hmm. All right, who's up first? <laughs> what that would okay. <laughs> Just Matthew. Yeah, I guess just, just me. Just you think about that. Just, just me and Daniel. All right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's you and Daniel. You're the messed up ones. <laughs> We're going to cut that out. <laughs> yeah. I think that it'd be so funny to think about, like, <laughs> if any character had a vlog or a YouTube channel, like, yeah. what would get the most views or, like, what their caption would be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I keep thinking about, like, David and Bathsheba be yeah. like, <laughs> slept with my best friend's wife. Prank. Yeah. <laughs> it's like went wrong. Yeah, that's how they like caption yeah, their totally, videos now. Totally, but what this episode is not about do, that. What never to do with your best friend's wife? Right. No, this episode's <laughs> not about that. That'd be funny though. Uh, this episode is about how we can better understand the idea and relationship Scripture offers us yeah. within its unified story. For any of you guys who know vlogs well or who don't know vlogs well, what I'm kind of understanding about vlogs, if I can kind of analyze them, which you're not really supposed to do, but I just do that. Uh, (laughs) There are two types of of vlogs, right? So we can say the Bible has certain genres in it. Yep. And I would say vlogs have certain genres to them. Okay. We have idea-based vlogs, and then we have the lifestyle and personality-based vlogs. And understanding those categories is really important for where we're going today. Yeah. So let's start with idea-based vlog. Matthew, can you explain this a little bit? Yeah. So an idea-based vlog is where um, uh, you take this idea and people just start recording around that idea and then they move through that, whatever that idea is. Right. So you've got a couple guys, like you got Mr. Beast, who is one of the if not the most highest ranked YouTube vloggers Yeah, I of think all time. he's top three. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's one middle schooler who can correct me on that. Right. But. Yeah, uh, but he has 427 million, uh, or sorry, 165 million subscribers. 165 million people mm-hmm. have smashed that subscribe button <laughs> and have, <laughs> right? And every time Mr. Beast pushes out a video mm-hmm. they get a ding yeah 165 million people that to me is so outlandish and people right? love his personality yep. but he's primarily responsible for these really big and grand yeah. ideas like yeah. his most popular youtube video idea was a real life squid game yeah Right, and it got 427 million views. Yeah. And what's crazy is he does other stuff where he just like walks around in a city and just, just gives hands away out ten thousand dollars to people for like <laughs> if they're doing subscribed stuff. though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
So then you have other things like uh, uh, Mark Rober, uh, 24.1 million subscribers. He had a video called A Pool Full of Jelly or Jello, sorry. Uh, and you, you've talked about this. I personally, I think I've watched maybe one or two of this guy's, uh, but he he actually talks through the science behind stuff and why yeah. things work the way they work, yeah. which is super cool. Yeah. Um, but this one video, a, a Pool Full of Jello, got 127 million views. Uh, then you've got a guy, uh, Ryan Trahan, who uh, did a video called Surviving on One Penny for a Week, which also is just clickbait, right? Right. Like, you That's see this, all this is. That's all it is, right? You're like – now, I, I do like real-life squid games because I think like that's like people yeah. who have are on Netflix know what the squid game well, show I guess is. Clickbait is opposite. It's saying that this video isn't what it's going to appear to Co- be. Correct, right? So yeah. this isn't clickbait. They're actually doing these things. Yes, yes, exactly. But they're coming up with these really mm-hmm. catchy titles. Correct, correct. And so uh, Ryan Trahan had this m- video. He only has 12.6 million. I say only. Only. <laughs> only we only have 99 yeah, followers, right. Matthew. <laughs> Right. Only. Okay, that's just on two platforms, okay? Ryan, you haven't made Google. it yet. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're all about... Coming from us. <laughs> we're all about identity and value. <laughs> Listen, all right, Ryan, you're going to have to step it up a bit. One day, okay. buddy. Yeah, one day. One day. <laughs> and this video of surviving on one penny a week, this video alone got 24 million views, right? Yeah. Um, just to put that in context, every one of his subscribers watched this video twice. And that's how he got 24 million views. <laughs> I didn't think about right? it that like way, that. Yeah. But, like, that's what's crazy is that if you think about that, like, Mr. Beast has 165 million subscribers. Each one of his subscribers watched real-life Squid Games three times. Mm-hmm. And that's how he got 427 million views. Right. So that's not even including the non-subscribed people that are watching his stuff that don't have it have it on there. And the so. thing that I like about idea-based vlogs, which are really important to this story – is you don't have to like someone's personality to be interested in that idea. Correct. Which brings us into our next category of vlog, right, or YouTuber. Right. Just more broadly. Right. Is it's a lifestyle or personality-based vlogs. And these are videos of people just living their life, right, making salads. You said you like these? No. Okay. I was going to say, this is like my least favorite type of vlog. (laughs) I mean, I've watched some before just to see what they're all about. Like, what's in my fridge? (laughs) Who's who's watching this? Like, I don't care. (laughs) Go read a book, man. Yeah, but these are people traveling, gaming, uh, uh, parenting, you know, hanging out with friends. Like, some of these could just be utterly pointless. Oh, yeah. and uh, At least in our eyes. Yeah, and, and... And that's what's really fascinating is, man, there are so many people on different platforms, not even just YouTube, but like Twitch that are streaming gamer gaming. Like uh, that's like a huge that's a brand new thing. I was a huge gamer growing up, but I was participating in the game. Right. Now kids are spending just watching people play games. Yeah. Just watching other people play games. Right. And it's like, shoot, guys, that's what you're looking for. I, man, I'm all about it. All right. Yeah, make a comment. Would you watch that? Yeah. Just like, you know, asking for a friend. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, I don't. You don't want to I mean, watch. Like, you know what? Maybe that would be good. Like me play a, a like yes, a gun game. That would be I would be hilarious. like scared all the time. That would be hilarious. Like I can't, I, I can't do the zombie games because I think I would put my pants. Do? What's this thing? Yeah, for real. So yeah, these uh, yeah. lifestyle and personality based vlogs, they yeah. aren't really, they don't really have an idea in them. No, but They my, could have catchy titles. Yeah. My in-laws love traveling videos. I love traveling videos. Yeah. Watching people like going across the country, staying at different national parks like yep. that stuff is so cool right yeah. so we see these people like casey neistat yeah. who is a really big name yeah especially for vloggers we have emma chamberlain which gen z is just obsessed All over about. um and then someone that i actually do personally watch who is a little lesser known but is a traveling vlog, Kara yeah. and Nate. Okay. I really, really love their channel because they just go all over the place and yeah. they just tell their story about traveling. Um, and these are relationships that are formed between the creator and the audience because the audience is genuinely 
interested in their personality. Yeah. And then whatever happens in their life, they become interested in that as well. Right. Which is, you know, there's value in that as well. So yeah. their ideas are kind of formulated from their life. Right. It's not, they're coming forward with an idea that is attractive to people because right. it's a good, fun idea. Right. And before anybody goes off like, oh, vlogs, this is so dumb. Like, <laughs> why do people do this? It's like, well, it's the same thing as who's your favorite NFL athlete yeah who's your favorite nba athlete sure like you know their stats you know how they play you know when they had a bad game you know like you know all of this stuff about them it's no different um and so like what i because you know when they're sick you know when they're injured you know all these different things and my in-laws have actually even articulated that like they'll help one of their favorite youtubers had a tragedy happen in their right. life and and we know like, all the YouTube controversies that go on exactly right? right so we know all of this stuff and it's like uh-huh. there is a there's a genuine like investment. attachment investment yeah that happens because you're approaching this thing with an expectation mm-hmm. and with a desire to be connected to it yes right and so what's fascinating about that is as we kind of turn the corner to scripture Okay, we can say that that scripture is both a place where we can go for an unfolding idea and a relationship, just like a vlog. Absolutely. And so, like, that's what's really fascinating is scripture provides a relationship with us, for us. Yeah, I like to say the God of scripture. Yeah, the God of scripture. Because scripture in of itself is just a book. Right, Right. exactly. But the God of scripture. Yeah. We have a relationship with him. Right, right. The author behind yes. the words, right? Yeah. And that author behind the words is what endows those words with value. Right. And so scripture, again, has an unfolding idea. Yes. But also has a relationship. And that's where we're going to turn towards uh, as we step into what the arc of the story is. Yeah, let's get into that. So when I was growing in my faith and I was trying to understand what the Bible even is and how to read it, I remember this one moment where I had this old Bible in my in my house. I don't even remember what version it was. I think it was ESV if I could say anything. But I I told myself I was just going to like throw it on the ground. <laughs> and then whatever book or wherever it open to I would start reading that because what other method is best you know? right obviously especially when you're in middle school like, right. this is the best way to do it exactly yeah <laughs> so I slammed it on the ground so dramatically and it opened to the book of Ezekiel <laughs> and which I re- is so full of simple context it's a great and- book to start <laughs> always recommend it <laughs> 10 out of 10 <laughs> yeah and and I remember reading it. I don't remember what part I read, but thinking, what in the world is going on? <laughs> is this the Bible? <laughs> I mean, this makes no sense, and I have no clue what's going on because I wasn't asking the right question. Uh-huh. I didn't know the right questions to ask. Right. And so why this topic I think is fun and important for us is because it reveals something to us um, about how us as humans can relate to God through scripture. Oftentimes where our relationship with God falls short is that we don't view it in terms of a story. I was never asking the question, what part of the story is Ezekiel falling in? Right. And I know that now after training and uh, discipling relationships. Because the reason, well, well, so sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but the, the reason why that's important is because if you just get transported into... Uh, let's use Star Wars as an example. If you Here. just, yeah, right. If you just get transported, into, uh, I think it's like episode seven, uh, and you just start watching it, mm-hmm. you have no idea what's going on. Mm-mm. Or you watch the uh, Rogue One um, movie, you're like, all right, this seems to be a standalone story, but like, who are these people? What are these furry animals? And why does he have a glowy sword? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you have no idea what the context is. Right. And why are these people at war? Yeah. What's happening? You know, you have no idea. 
they're obviously they're in space, right? In fact, it even at the beginning of the movie of all of the movies, they have that rolling story. It's iconic of the Star Wars yeah. series to provide context right, there for is, the preceding movie. There is no, unless you have a study Bible, and I don't yeah. even know if study Bibles clearly map this out within each book, but they right. don't give you a recap of what happened before. Right. They tell you an introduction to the book. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's no Star Wars introduction in the Bible. No, and there's no uh, there's no way that you as a middle schooler <laughs> are going to be like, that's the first thing I want to read. Right. <laughs> Which is actually, we got to get into our stuff, yeah. but it's actually really full circle because yeah. right now I'm doing a lot yeah. of academic study in Ezekiel yeah. and it's been uh, really cool to see that yeah. trajectory and, yeah. and circle come back around. But and because you now know the arc of the story right. and where Ezekiel is in that arc. Yeah. Love it, yes. Yeah. So let's get into this. Uh, the story arc, and we can say a narrative to scripture. There are yeah. six basic movements. Yeah. Or you could say acts within scripture that all blend together and that all make up God's story and then thus our story with God. So these uh, six movements are creation, sin and fall, Israel, Christ and gospel, church, mission and new creation. So we're going to start at the beginning and let's talk through creation. Yeah. In the beginning, God. What is the most important reality of this particular part of the story arc is that God establishes his kingdom. There's your relationship. That's the very first thing. There's one being that said right, he is. That is above all. Correct. He, in the beginning, God. And then the it's not God uh, it's in the beginning God and the very first thing that describes God is an action, right? So it's not in the beginning there was this loving being who loved everything and really wanted the world to be with him. Mm. It's yeah, in the be- it wasn't God was lacking or lonely. No. It's in the beginning God, what did he do? He established his kingdom, right? He established his world. He established his domain. Yeah. Uh, and then what's really cool about this, and this is what I love about uh, Genesis 1, verse 1 and verse 2, is that you see the very first act of redemption happening. So God's created the heavens and the earth. And then the very next words are, Now the earth was without shape, empty, and darkness was over the surface of the watery deep. Those are all chaotic, meaningless, purposeless ideas. God doesn't create those things. That's what happens when God's creation is left to its own devices. It's the law of entropy. Everything that was created will fall into chaos eventually. And what I, so what I love about that is that God describes, or the Bible describes how the way earth is, shapeless, empty, dark, dark was over the surface, uh, and it was a watery, chaotic deep. But the Spirit of God was moving over that chaos. And then here's exactly what happens. God shapes it. He takes the chaos and the brokenness of, the, of, of what is reality mm. and he redeems it. And that is the entire story arc from the very first two, cha- two verses of the Bible. Relationship, main idea. What's the relationship? It's with God. What's the main idea? God's redemptive work in our lives. Yeah. And you'll see that interwoven throughout the entirety of the Bible. And it's not the only idea of the Bible, but like any good essay or argumentative paper or any good book, the main two entities come right at the beginning. Right. The idea and the relationship. This is what this paper is about. Yes. Yeah. And you see God and the idea. God working order out of chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. We see then in this next movement, yeah. I mean, creation is the uh, shortest, one of the shortest acts within the Bible, right? And so we see Genesis 3, 
he created the world and all things in it. Yep. He created humans. He smashed that like button. <laughs> <laughs> we were. He smashes it several times, actually. S- several the times. Entire, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> we are, we are uh, his favorite. Yeah. Of all the created things. Right. And yet we see Genesis 3, uh, 8 through 9. It's it's It might not be a verse that you we typically talk about when we, when we refer to the fall, but I love this story of how it's playing out right here because I'm all about questions within the Bible. Yeah. The questions we see, the questions that we ask. And so hear this. Uh, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God moving about. In the orchard at the breezy time of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the orchard. But but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And this is another form of chaos. This is where we see that what God had intended, Mm -hmm. uh, we have separated from. He's asking us where we are. He uh, is has always provided his presence, but then yeah. we have withdrawn ours. Right. Yeah. And what's really cool is Bible Project has an awesome when they're talking about this. They there's a um, uh, a video on how to read narratives. Yeah. And they have a beautiful description of this. So yeah. after you've done this, go watch their. I think it's like a five to six minute video or something. And what they talk about is they talk about this is a this is a moment. This is a story within a story. Mm-hmm. And what you're reading about is you're reading about, hey, here are these characters. Here's this problem. Here's the antagonist. Here's the protagonist. Here's the situation. This is what they choose to do. And what you then see is once you start picking up on those themes, you can see that repeated throughout every all of the stories every single time. And so this story repeats itself as an archetype for the rest of the Bible. In all of the characters from Abraham to Isaac, to Jacob, right. who we'll get into, and all these people who we'll get into later, to David, and to uh, all of the kings that are eventually rule Israel and Judah, and to to even the prophets, you see these archetypes play out. And so this, again, is, I think, why uh, these two acts culminate uh, such, a, such a small portion, but so are so always talked about. They're yeah. always talked about. Uh, is creation and fall. Those are like the first two acts. Mm. And then we kind of glaze over Noah and we kind of right. just jump right to Abraham. We almost glamorize Noah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Does, can anybody ever talk about how tragic that story is? Yeah. <laughs> Not even just tra- like, and then, and then everybody blames him for after, after they land on the mountain. Yeah. He goes and gets, plants a vineyard and gets drunk. Mm. Every person he's ever known just drowned like that should cause that would cause anybody to be like man what is reality yeah and 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 what's sad about again that story is there's a vineyard a garden there's an archetype here again so he plants a garden and takes its fruit and then gets drunk on it right just like adam and eve do here i think what we can wrestle with a lot of the time is we really want to humanize god in these stories and we fail to see ourselves within I'll say these characters but these were real people yeah right and I think where we can go astray with our idea of God within this is he can seem harsh or even to go back to this episode that we talked about in the beginning intolerant Yeah. yeah right that he flooded the earth yeah. He was the one who caused all this destruction. Right. But then if you really ask the deeper question within that, why? Why why did God say that this world was wicked? Yeah. Where did the destru- where did the wickedness come from? Where did the wickedness come from? Did it come from God? No. No. Right. And so we always go back to those foundational Yeah. absolute truths that are core to our humanity. Yeah. Because we see from the start is that humans, God created humans to be holy. Right. But in our nature, because sin has entered the world, which is the the, the act that we're talking about, yeah. because sin has entered us, all of us have it, right? Romans talks about how for all have sinned and fallen short of God's, uh, God's standard. Yeah. 
that is the reality that we face. And this is, again, I think you're touching on something, which is why we're talking about this in this particular episode, is that the scripture as a vlog is because there's something about watching another person live life that is appealing. Yeah. Because we want to see ourselves in their story. And I think that that is so important for us to recognize that we can see ourselves in the characters of the Bible. What's really interesting, too, is we don't want to see ourselves in people's story either because we're, we're quick to think that we're better than others yeah. or we're worse off than others. Right. right? Like, let's say uh, all these YouTubers who are full of all these controversies and we'll say we would never do anything like that. Right. And maybe you might not do that exact thing. That they did, yeah. whatever it be. Right. But we have sin yes. within us that is eager to come out. And I think Satan would love for us to glaze over the first three chapters of the Bible. Right. Right. And not critically yeah. apply it to our lives. Right. I Well, I mean, it's probably safe to say that Satan would love for us to just kind of glaze over the Bible. Yeah. But because <laughs> yeah. that gets us into our next section. Because unfortunately... This next section is by far the largest section. Genesis 12 to Malachi. Right. Like it's almost. The, the in Old Testament. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. It is the entirety of the Old Testament after this point. And, and we'll continue on into New Testament. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so this is what's so crazy is, is that this brings us to, to Israel and God's promise. Because what happens, and again, the act of redemption, what you see in Genesis 3, um, uh, verse 15, is God says to the woman, or says to the serpent, I will put hostility between you and the woman, and between her offspring and your offspring, and he will strike your head, a death blow, if you will, mm. and you will strike his heel. Also a death blow. Right. We often think, about, oh, it's just a little, just merely a flesh wound. Just a little nip. Right. No, like this is a, this is a deadly, viperous, venomous serpent. Yeah. You get bit once, you're done. Right. Like Satan is not to be trifled with. This is not a little, ooh, that hurt. Give me some antibiotics. Like that's not <laughs> what this is. Right. Or anti-venom. This <laughs> is, this is, he will crush your head. He will kill you and you will kill him. God is talking about the death of the Messiah here. And that is in verse, that's in chapter three. Again, idea, relationship. God sees the brokenness of the relationship and immediately promises redemption. That again is the character of God. Where's that going to come from? What's that? How's that going to happen? We don't know yet. In the story, we don't know yet. Right? And Adam and Eve don't know yet. And so then they have two children and they think, oh, these are my seeds. These are my kids. These are my offspring. They'll be the ones. Yes. And look how that story turns out. Right. Cain kills Abel and blood Dang has, it. right? And all of a sudden now the entire story arc is, oh, what? wait, wait, I thought they were supposed to be the offspring and they were supposed to bring the good and they were supposed to strike the serpent and they were, all hope is lost. And that's what makes a good story. That's what makes a good vlog. That's what makes a good anticipation. That's what makes a good uh, a good story is having a good conflict. And that's what the Bible is. And so the story of Israel starts in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, where God calls Abraham, whose actual name is Abram at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, he's married to a woman named Sarah, or Sarai at the time, right? And he says, hey, follow me. God says, hey, go out into the wilderness. Don't take anybody with you, by the way. But then he brings Lot with him. So he automatically... Yeah, one job. Yeah, right? Yeah, don't bring job. any of your... It literally says, don't bring any of your relatives. <laughs> don't bring any of your friends. Like, they're going to mess you up. All right, homie? So, like, if God could say homie. Because um, <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what happens. Is there a Hebrew word for, for homie? For homie. <laughs> so, but that's what happens. So then Abraham leaves his people, leaves his, his relatives, leaves his father, but brings his cousin... Uh, or his nephew, I believe, Lot, with him. And they go into the land. Uh, and and so then 
what unfolds in the story of Israel is the quest, the covenant, and the failings of Israel. Yeah. We see that God all throughout, you name one, every, any story, and God is present yeah. within his people. Right. Now that presence may look different. It may look like him sending a prophet. Right. Or sending judges. Right. Or directly speaking to the people. Right. Um, or through plants. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You know? In Jonah, right? Where he sends oh, a he a sends fish, a plant. Yeah. yeah, a fish, yeah. We got um, we got land, we got water, we got air, we got fire. <laughs> Next thing you know, this Avatar Airbender. airbender. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Oh man. But no, that's but again, that's that's the beautiful thing about the Bible is, is that it brings about a beautiful story. Yeah. And it reminds us that this this story is not in isolation. These are real people who are going through real things. And that's, again, why we cannot idolize, uh, idealize uh, or dehumanize uh, these stories. I mean, imagine what it would be like to not have anything to your name, to try to live on a penny a week. Abraham leaves with nothing, and he goes into the middle of the wilderness with nothing and God blesses him and gives him riches beyond his wildest imagination. And literally right after God says this, there's a famine in the land. So Abram goes to Egypt and lies about his immediately forfeits his trust in God. Mm. Like this story is rife with God says something and people go and like, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. And they start to show some faithfulness. Right. And then they fail. Yeah. And it's like, how, can we not relate to that? Yeah. Like, can we not see ourselves in this story? Like, God, I am so sorry that every time you say to do something, I fail. Like, th this should bring scripture completely and totally alive for us because that's what the entire Old Testament is failure after failure after failure after failure. And we should be like, oh, my gosh, I'm in such good company. <laughs> it, it is always God working in redemption through the yes. chaos of people. Yes. Because he loves us. Yes. And the Old Testament, it is the purpose of God calling a people to be holy and to live as holy. Correct. And we can read those commands and those laws and the calling that he gives people and yeah. Again, we can be very quick to humanize God. Yeah. And his presence is real right. and palpable within our humanity. Yeah. But uh, his ways are not our ways. No. Thank goodness. Yeah. I was just actually talking to Katie about this the other day. Um, we were, were walking through some things with Emmett and trying to help him. He's my son. He's three years old. Lovely little boy. He's an amazing kid. But he's just going through those like disobedient moments, right? Yeah. And you're I, having an Israel in your house. I am, <laughs> and it's 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 amazing because I'm seeing how like I'm providing, I'm trying to do my best to provide a loving, caring home for him. Mm. And I can find myself reacting in anger. I can find myself uh, underreacting to certain things, mm -hmm. and I'm not God, right? But when you read through like the kings the first and second kings or, or first and second chronicles which are, are mirrored books right when you read through those things you you see god's mercy mm. listen if you guys listen to me and you obey as deuteronomy and joshua say right if you guys listen and obey the things i'm telling i will bless you i will give you the things and so emmett right now wants his milk at the end of the day <laughs> and i know it's so trivial but like we'll say emmett if you listen and obey we'll get we'll, we'll give you your milk and if you don't, we're not going to give you your milk, right? He's not going to die because he didn't get his milk. But like we're doing this because if you go out into the world and you live however you see fit, consequences will be worse. Which is the Tower of Babel. Yes. I don't need I don't need you guys. No, they wanted to make th themselves a name. Exactly. That, that was their work. Exactly. Exactly. They wanted to make themselves more than they were, right? Yes. 
And so, so I'm, I'm seeing Emmett and he's doing these things and I am enacting little punishments before taking away his milk. Mm. I sit in time out if that's the way it's going to be. And you see God doing this exact same thing with Israel through first and second Kings and uh, Chronicle and the Chronicles books, because he, he doesn't just come in and, and destroy them immediately. He gives them time and time and time until they eventually become worse than the people that inhabited the land before them. The boundaries come before that, right? And we can say this, you know, the Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible, and we get really scared of those books because they have all the laws and all the commands in them, but those are the boundaries. Yes. And any good relationship, what does it need? Boundaries. Needs to have boundaries. Exactly. Again, the ideas, relationship with God, Mm -hmm. and the idea, redemption. But then you also see the seed. So humanity plays a role. And this is how God chooses to do this. It's not just all of humanity. It's now a particular people group. And then when you read through the, uh, the Israel story, Israelite story, you see, oh, it's not just a people group. It's actually one tribe is going to bring this redemption. Oh, it's the tribe of Judah out of this whole thing. And so then you announce, now, now you then, that brings us to how we can transition to uh, Matthew and the Gospels and the New Testament is uh, the gospel is is this word, euangelion. It's this Greek word for good news. Well, you don't know the good news until you know how bad the bad news is. And how do you know the bad news? Is by You know generations. Yes. Because how does Matthew open? Yes. Matthew opens with our... Our least favorite thing in the Bible, and Ugh. that is a genealogy. Why are all of these names so hard oh, to man. read? Gen- True, though. Mm. <laughs> but genealogies are real story. Awesome, yeah. because they are living evidence yes. of a of a story, right? Of real people with skin right. and bones, right? A relationship and an idea playing its whole way all the way to its culmination and God saying yes that one rebel that one snake I'm about to be the person I'm the seed Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me if you have known me you will know my father too he offers a relationship yeah. and also the biggest eternal idea we can ever grasp. Yeah. And what's so, what's so beautiful about that is who's his father? No Jew at that time would be thinking of another God other than Yahweh. Right. So there's this discussion of like, well, the Old Testament God is so mean and so judgy. And the New Testament, Jesus, mm, I really like. And it's like, well, have you read Revelation where that Jesus has a sword coming out of his mouth and literally is described as stomping on people in a right. wine press? And what about <laughs> what about uh, God? Again, I'll bring up Ezekiel yeah. just because yeah. it's fresh in my mind yeah. and I love Ezekiel. But yeah. What about God and Ezekiel that met Israel in their exile? Yeah. Self-imposed exile. Yeah. And he says... I will breathe life into your bones. <laughs> yeah, you're dry, dusty, your dead dry, bones. dusty yeah. skeleton. Or the Old Testament, where the, which is God's favorite way of describing Him, who is slow to anger, abounding in loyal love. Yeah. Right. Like, wait, this God? That's how the Old Testament authors described Him. Yeah. And yet, oh, and what about Jesus, who walks into the temple in Luke, looks around, and then leaves, and what's he do the next day? He commits a federal felony and yeah. that he forms a weapon and goes in and, t- and throws the tables around. Can you imagine if we what just... What up, gangster yeah, Jesus? Dude, seriously, if we just walked into a into a temple <laughs> with a whip oh, and just started like throwing down like you guys are heretics, <laughs> we'd be hauled off and thrown into a penitentiary. Uh, yeah. Like, but Jesus, like the loving, caring, only kind Jesus throws down but jesus is a is god's loving kindness absolutely no totally but here's the thing though is again it is not the way that we understand loving kindness because we have all these definitions for what love is but where do we need to come back to what is the true definition of love yeah let's go back to genesis 1 through 3 shoot let's we don't have to go back that far we just have to go and you're right you're right there but we we can just go back to the i am the way and the truth and the life yeah i am providing a way for you to connect 
to the Father again. Yes. We decided but this. But that verse is only meaningful yes. if you know that we're separated from him. Exactly. <laughs> and that's where the story arc comes in. Yes. Which is so cool. And that's why it's good news. First Peter says, God is not slow as some understand slowness. He is, it, it, they're like, they're getting mad because they're like, oh, why isn't God coming back to judge the world? And it's like, Peter's like, no, 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 no. You, you're misunderstanding. God is slow in coming, not because he is taking his time. He is slow so that more people will know him. Yes. He is providing everyone with an opportunity to either reject or affirm his lordship. Yes. And that's why we're on mission. Exactly. Which is our our next movement Big here. Category. It is you yeah. know, number five or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we want all people to live uh, presently with God, yes. right? To have salvation, yes. to repent from sins, to leave behind their bent yes. towards sin. Yes. That's a relationship. He wants to redeem the brokenness that's in your life. Mm. That's the relationship he has done from the beginning of time. Before there was let there be light, before there was the kingdoms, before there was the, the heavens, before there was the earth, God said, this is going to be the most painful experience we will ever go through. And then he said, let there be light. I think it's really easy for us to nitpick the lives of people. Yeah. But I was listening to an Alicia Childers podcast, who's an apologist, and uh, she was presenting this story about a, a, a progressive Christian, yeah. you know, that she was writing about and critiquing some of her arguments. And, and I think she had the, the person she was critiquing had recently passed away, and she told the story about how she was brought to tears for her. Yeah. And I pray that Christians would have a relationship with people like that. Yeah. Where even Absolutely. even if we disagree, yeah. it is love for that person yeah. because because of the love of God. And if yes. we ever lose that, if we ever lose a love for people yeah. because they are God's good creation, right. then something has gone astray in us. Yeah, you're you're off mission. Yes. You're no longer a part of the church then. Yes. Right? Because the and church was here to enact that love. And it's important to say that loving people well is never bending on what the Bible says. Correct. Now, we can really mistake what that is in our culture, and there's grace within that discovery, but loving people well is never yeah. bending on what the Bible has to right. say. I heard it said once, uh, a buddy of mine was talking about this, and he was talking about how he was having a conversation with a friend. He's like, look, man, I get all the arguments. I understand Jesus and God, whatever, but I really love weed. Yeah. And this particular person was like, okay, what what's the problem? And it was like, well, your Jesus tells me I can't enjoy weed. Mm. And he goes, the, my, my friend goes, well, maybe, but does that change the fact that Jesus is your Lord? So what if, what if, what if Jesus is okay for a time, but y you could still declare that Jesus is your Lord and savior Yeah. and l let Jesus worry about it. If Jesus wants you to change, then Jesus will want you to change. And if he truly is who he said he is, wouldn't you want to change for him? If you truly believe that, if you're truly on board with all of that, so then your desire to have weed isn't necessarily going to hamper that. Mm -hmm. You'll find that your desire will be reformed or redeemed. Yeah. Right? And so it was a beautiful real realization for me of like, no, 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 I'm not here to change your behaviors. I'm here to show you Jesus. Because Jesus is ultimately the one who's your king and lord. And if he yeah. wants your behaviors to change, he'll empower you to do that. Yeah. If you're willing to bend. And that's that's the that's the role of the church. That's, that's the, the role that's of the That's the mission. mission of all of our lives yeah. is present the evidence. Yeah. Allow the Holy Spirit that space to work in people's lives. And then love and serve people into the kingdom of God. Correct. As much as we know how and can do. Yeah. So let's go now into this last section here. Um, new creation is what it's called. It is God's ultimate, yeah. ultimate redemption. Yeah. It is 
not even going back to the Garden of Eden it is an entirely new uh, uh, sitting within his presence for eternity yeah there's a, there's a relationship and an idea and the main relationship is with God and the main idea is the redemption of creation mm-hmm. and and what we see here is in in the new creation is we see the return of the king and redemption completed um this is what uh revelation 21 1 through 5 says then i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had ceased to exist and the sea existed no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, made ready like a bride, adorned for her husband. There's your relationship, right? And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, the residence of God is among human beings. There's the completion. Mm. The relationship is now solidified. It it reaffirms this. It says, He will live among them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them. Mm. What a beautiful promise, right? And this is not in the end of the section. Oh my word, I'm getting off track here. Verse four then says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will not exist anymore. Yeah or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the former things have ceased to exist. And the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making all things new. Then he said to me, Write it down, because these words are reliable and true. Hmm. I actually had the opportunity to read this verse over my grandmother on her last day of life. And I read, um, I think it was verse three through four, just those verses there. And then I just prayed a final prayer for her. Yeah. And I think it is just emphasized. Like people will always say, if you had one day on earth, what would you do? Like, and everybody would be like, you know, throw the biggest thing that they ever wanted to do, the most exciting. And I, and I get that. It's fun to think about things like that. Yeah. But earth is not our home. Right. And that's a tough thing to grapple with. Right. Earth is an important place where we belong. Yeah. But it is not our home. Right. It is not where things will be made new. Right. It is not where we will find eternal freedom. No. And et- any comfort of any of the sort. And where I am actually really comforted about the character of God as judge is because of his promise and because of his faithfulness. Because we get really uh, anxious about describing God as a judge. Yeah. Right? And be like, no, God wouldn't. God wouldn't judge or send people to hell. And I think we, we, we did, did a, a, we did a podcast that. about this yeah. and it was you and Randy said, yeah. God doesn't want to send anybody to hell. No, we send ourselves. Yeah. And if we see that within the narrative of scripture, that is a more freeing reality. Right. Um, than it is bondage. Right. And that is more accurate to describe God, that God is wrathful over sin. Yes. And that is a good thing thing yes we have an opportunity from creation to new creation to walk with jesus uh for him to help us understand these ideas within scripture and then also with a relationship help us to live that out yeah and i think uh just to kind of sum all this up scripture is an amazing story uh, that we can get super passionate about, uh, as you can probably see from this podcast. But along with that, it, it is a mirror for us to reflect on. It is, it's like watching a vlog in that you can say, Oof, man, I don't think I would, I don't think I'd ever want to travel there. Or I don't think I'd ever want to talk about what's in my fridge. Or I don't, you know, or, or I, I, man, this is a really cool thing. I got that, some moldy salsa right I now mean, in my for fridge. For real, you know. 
Uh, <laughs> it's a metaphor for something, I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly. But that's those stories are fleeting. And those stories don't provide any redemption as far as unless it's an archetypal type thing that you can pull some deeper meaning out of. But what's fascinating is all of them will find their way back to some form of redemption from the Bible. Um, And so that's where I think that the scriptures have intertwined their roots into society and history. And there is next to no way for you to untangle the story of scripture from what reality is that we're living now. Mm. I mean, even if you're an atheist, you cannot deny the impact that the Bible has had on our society. Yeah. You might say it's a bad impact or you might say it's a good impact. Regardless, the Bible is the number one story that has always been and always will be and has impacted our society, both West and East, at the deepest, most fundamental level. And there's no way around that. And the reason why is because it provides a relationship and a central idea. And those two converge on this last page of the Bible. Scripture tells us this true story of God's plan for his world and then invites us into it. We have some reflective questions as we just end out this podcast. And uh, so let's just enter into those right now. Yeah. I think something that can be applied to us right now is scripture can often be passively read, but cannot be passively lived. Oh, that's a good line. Right? Like we uh, watch any YouTube video and we can just sit on our couch, you know, eating Cheetos yeah. Uh, having our double chins out yeah. and just watching all these, binge watching all these vlogs and YouTube videos, right? Or even this We're podcast. We're passively watching. We are yeah. not actively involved in their stories unless right. you're like active in the comments, yeah. right? But still, you're not part of that story. Right. But the Bible can often be passively read, but it cannot be passively lived. And yeah. when we understand that, that we want to actively live out and see ourselves within God's story, it changes fundamentally how we read yes, the Bible. Correct. Yeah, so then uh, just the next one would, here would be, uh, we are learning to live within God's story with a story of our own. And I think what's really cool about this one, again, is you can see, and this is why the Bible is so rich, you can see your tendencies in many characters of the Bible. But what's also awesome is you can see the characters of the Bible as a mirror for yourself of, oh, man, I don't want to reflect that. Yes. Um, and vice versa. Oh, man, the heart of David when he mm. is broken for the actions that he's had, that's what I want. Mm. I want that kind of a heart. Mm. And so what's beautiful is the the, the Bible is this mirror that, that says, all right, how are you going to live out this story of redemption? How are you going to mirror for your kids, for your friends, this story of redemption? Um, and that's, I think, the that, that's why I, I love that, that statement is we are learning to live within God's story with a story of our own. Yeah. And we're not called to be like those people. No. Right? God's not saying everything in the Bible. You should do that. No. <laughs> like you're, we're not going to slay lions. No. We're not going to slay giants. <laughs> no. I don't, I don't know. Maybe some of you will slay I mean, lions. I don't maybe, know. There's some cool know. people out there. Yeah. But <laughs> not us. No. <laughs> I'm not yeah, doing that. Right. But you can totally take the archetype of being brave and courageous in that moment Absolutely. of where you have to step in and defend the the weak and the broken, the widow and the orphan from the tyranny and the authority of the yeah. people who are trying to oppress them. Yeah. You can absolutely do that, and you are commanded to do that. And what I see a lot in YouTube culture and vlogging culture is everybody one-upping everybody's idea. Yeah. Right? Someone has this awesome idea that they do. Everybody does what in a, what is in my fridge ideas right. or videos, right? Right. And they always just try to one up it with everything. The most organized, aesthetically (laughs) pleasing fridge. And you see all these videos blowing up because everybody else is doing it right now. 
you think that's living your own story or are you just trying to one-up someone else's exactly that's not your story no. that's not authentic no exactly that's oh and fake. that's and that's something that's being thrown around so much right now is to live live your the live the true you right and it's like that's only done in how you were designed right so our last one here is there may be ideas in scripture we do not immediately agree to or like but what does it look like to trust its authority and authenticity above our own? So what does it look like to trust in the authority of Scripture and the authenticity of Scripture above our own? Yeah, and above our own opinions and our own desires. Yes. Um, and this is maybe getting too far afield, but when there's a being out there that created everything, I think that being would know better, right? If they are able to create everything out of nothing, I think that they would have more knowledge, certainly than us at the bare minimum statement you can make. You can make an argument. They might not be all knowing, but you can also make an argument that they certainly know more than we do. Um, uh, and by the way, he is all knowing. Just sort of work right, but <laughs> but that that's the important reality for us to understand is that there might be an authority uh, that might be higher than us. That takes us to the end of yeah. this episode. Yeah, but this is. Uh, doesn't take us to the end of our story with God, our story with Scripture. I right. hope that maybe for some people this might be a beginning right. and an empowering of yeah. Scripture. I hope we didn't muddy the waters, yeah. but maybe presented a pathway for uh, you to ask questions right. and you to have an experience that is right. meaningful with Scripture. Yeah, and if not, let me just leave you with this. Scripture, this Bible, this story has outlasted dynasties mm. stories uh, that are about people the roman empire is no longer but we still have the bible the babylonian empire the persian empire all of them gone but the bible talks about them we have we have a book in front of us that has outlasted dynasties if for no other reason that's a good enough reason for you to pick it up and think about it yeah so is scripture an ancient vlog? Uh, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a real story about a real God who really wants to transform people into his image. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. This was a fun one. That felt <laughs> fake. That felt inauthentic. I forced that. Uh, this is our last episode. We're taking a break for June. And, well, guys, we'll see you in July for our yeah. systematic series. Great. See you guys. Bye.